Hey there, my name is Lexi, and thank you so much for tuning in. This is part two of Emotional Roller Coaster of Being an Artist. If you were here for part one, or if you have not seen part one or heard part one, I highly recommend you go back to enjoy that whole conversation because so many things I feel like, especially if you're an artist, you can relate to. But in part two, I want to bring on a special guest who comes on to share his story about some of the struggles he's faced being an artist and some of the spins and turns he's experienced on his own roller coaster during his journey. So let's listen to Child MC give his perspective on what it's been like on this emotional roller coaster of being an artist. What up? What up? <laughs> what up? MC, what's happening? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Hold on. I can't hear you. Hold on, let me see. I can hear you perfectly. How does this thing work? How do I hear the person? Hmm. Can you hear me now? Let me turn my... Oh, now I can hear you. Oh, okay. What's up? I'm not to turn my... Yo, I heard your story. My story? Yeah, your story. Well, first of all, let me let me share something with you. Mm-hmm. You know, this will this will kind of age me a little bit. Um, I have been doing music since 1996. Mm-hmm. That's a long time, right? I've been, I, uh, I, li- I used to live in Charlotte, North Carolina. And, um, at the time, you know, like I said, I, I, I think I started doing music and then, um, what was really funny is like when I first came to Charlotte, Charlotte wasn't what it is now. It was kind of a, you know, kind of a, a, a town that wanted to be Atlanta. So it was still a small town. Only, only groups that came from there, I think were like Jodeci. Uh, I think they were, they were hot. And then like, uh, I think black sheep, uh, there's the group. That's the one who says you can get with this. So you can get with that, that, that song. Okay. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> I first, I first came to Charlotte and I did a, um, I got put on to this thing called the Merge Fest, which was like this big deal in Charlotte, mm-hmm. right? And I was excited because, you know, I had, you know, I was staying with my mama and I was, uh, and I had uh, saved up my little pennies. I was working at the Courtyard Marriott, working double shift, making like, I think $6 an hour, you know? So I was going in and I saved up my money for this little four song thing. And I had my boy who lived in Seattle, um, who's like a big time now, and like he, does beats for everybody but he would send me beats on a on a cassette tape mm. and you know i did and i didn't again i didn't know how to record or nothing whatever so i had my the engineer use the cassette tape to record whatever but anyways the point is i'm at this show and i'm excited because we got newspaper press and i'm like holy smokes i'm going to blow up you know it's going to be it's going to be it yeah well on the same show was the group black sheep well, one of the guys from Black, dressed from Black, the guy, the main rapper, which was weird because I'm like, now I'm, you know, I'm getting an all newspaper article, but you know, Black Sheep, like when I was young and these kids, I was like, man, this is, this is, you know, this is the group I, I was like, oh my god, I had their album, I was just like, I knew all over the song, and I, and and you know, I did our show, whatever, and then. Um, I saw their show and it was, it wasn't a lot of people. It was, you know, sprinkles, more people than there, but it was, it was weird. Cause I was like, why is it, why is he here? Like, 
like just a couple of years ago, you guys were filling arenas, you know what I mean? And now you're doing these little, you know, this little show. This is kind of weird. That was my first kind of like, something's not right here, right? Right. But fast forward, right? I had labels trying to sign me. I had a guy who, you know, this, this one uh, white guy named Leaming English. I won't never forget his name. He was begging to sign sign me. This is before break room and all this. This is kind of like the Cosmic Aliens was me and a, a young lady that I had met. She was cleaning rooms at the hotel I was at. And I just, she had natural hair. And I said, hey, you're going to be a rapper. <laughs> and that was it, right? right. So anyway, I, I I was like, all right, cool. We're going we're gonna to do this thing. I was like, look, I'm going to pull you kicking and screaming. So we, we ended up getting booked for another show for... Uh, I think it was De La Soul, mm. right? And De La Soul was kind of the, the the business back then. And I was like, oh my God, De La Soul, we're going to open it up. It's going to be so great. So I got booed <laughs> for, for, for the show. It was at this place called The Sugar Shack. It was on Auburn Bar Road. Anyway, people in Charlotte know what I'm talking about. But I was at this show called The, Sh- the did the Show. And the, group, the guy from the group's name is Post News. And he's like one of the main rappers of the group. And I had a chance to talk to him before the show. And I was like, man, I, you know, I want to be like you. I want to do this thing, you know? And he was like, son, if you really want to do this, don't get signed. And it, and it hurt my heart because I was like, I'm trying to be like you. <laughs> I'm trying to get where you're at. Cause I don't know what they're going through. I don't know how much money they have. I don't know all the behind the scenes. I just know that I saw their video and I want to be. Looks cool. Yeah, I want to be down. I'm yeah. like, yo, you know, and, and, and every artist does this. And this, you probably, I don't know if you've done this. For I know for, for guys, when we first do music, it's to get girls, right? It's to be cool and get girls. Because we're really nerds, right? We don't, we didn't get any play in high school. So we're like, I'm going to do this music and girls are going to think I'm cute, right? They're not going to make fun of me. I'm going to be popular. And everyone that didn't like me is going to like me now because I'll have money and be popular, right? That's kind of the goal, you know? So meanwhile, I hear this news and it broke my heart because I was trying to, the whole time I'm trying to get to this goal because I was like doing everything. I'm doing the talent shows. I'm, you know, I'm getting on the radio. I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing all of this stuff. I'm I'm trying to make this thing happen. And... um. Little by little, the the veil start on 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 uh, what do you call it? the the veil start getting released? What do you call it? Unveiled. Piercing, piercing the veil. Yeah, piercing the veil, whatever you call it. So the curtains, and I'm seeing more and more stuff. So last the now again, I'm still doing my music. I'm starting to get a little name here, and I got flown out to L.A. My got, first time in L.A. I got flew out. Yeah, I got flown out. I was like, oh snap. <laughs> And there was this um, label called Ozone. It was like Ozone label. They had like a rock band. It was two white guys um, that had money. They were like in school, whatever. And they had money. And they were like, yo, we, we got your demo from a, a, a band because my music got pressed. Because I used to do cassette tapes back in the day. I didn't have any money for the CDs. Cassettes were cheaper. And so that's how I did my music. But the cassette tapes were great because it made people listen to the whole song. Anyways get to the deal I get to the thing I'm ready to sign this deal I had like a little lawyer that if I paid him like 500 bucks he would look at my paperwork right I didn't have a manager nothing I get out there and I'm like oh man 
oh, I'm going to do this. They took me to a Clippers game. They took me to the parties and whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is it. happening. Right, it's happening, boy. It's happening. I'm excited. You know, by this time, I'm like, oh, man, this is this is the big time. I'm ready to roll, you know. Yeah. And and my contract honestly wasn't bad because I, I did negotiate like like a, it was kind of weird because they weren't giving me a uh, um, what do you call it? An advance. But I would get 50-50. It was a 50-50 kind of split deal. So, you know, I was getting more. Well, I didn't know. I just knew 50-50 split was better than 10% or whatever. So I was just like, oh, yeah, 50-50, this is great. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited, right? I'm like, okay, cool. And the first thing the guy wanted to do, he wanted to get my master's. He wanted to, like, know how I recorded my stuff. And I told him ahead of time, hey, I recorded it via tape and this, right? Mm-hmm. And I had recorded on what they call two-inch reels, which you probably, are, you know, that's old school, but I've you just record on- I only worked with two-inch reels, maybe like literally two or three times. Yeah, yeah, they're really cumbersome. I mean, obviously, you know, you had to get you had to get it right the first time. You had mm-hmm. to, if you messed up, it was like, ugh. So you had your two-inch reels, you know what I mean? It was like one take, let's roll, right? Anyways, long story short, they signed me, and one of the guys was friends at the time. This is around the time when um, Erica Bladu, uh, Common, uh, they all had this thing in New York called, like, it was like they were all working together at um, Electric Lady Studios in, um, in New York. Yeah. And the engineer they knew was this guy... Um, who did uh, D'Angelo's voodoo album. He, he basically engineered the whole project and that's why it sounds whatever it was. So anyways, these guys had connections with that and were like, hey, we want to send you, we want to take your reels and send those over to the guy in New York to see if he can, you know, remix them or do whatever, whatever. And I told him, I like, look, it's a two track, whatever, but hey, have at it. I think we should... I had a hit song at the time and I need, you know, I just want you to put this thing out and let's roll, you know, I want to try to get some money. I want to stop working for, uh, you know, I've stopped having mustard on my shirt every time I leave my job, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you, it's not fun when you have mu- mustard on your shirt, right? So long story short, they get the, the guy um, gets the, um, uh, Russell Elvato, I couldn't think of it. Russell Elvato was the guy who was the engineer. So they sent my stuff over there. I didn't know Jay Dillon, all those people were over there, right? I, they just said a guy that they knew over there. So at the time, the producer that I was working with that from Seattle, I was like really trying to like, this is my producer. I'm, you know, I don't want anyone else to do this beat, you know, da 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 right? Not knowing there's Dillon over there and I should have just shut my mouth and just, but at the time I was, that was my thing. So anyways, long story short, um, the guy told him, hey, it's just a two track. There's not too much I can do with it, whatever. So they were a little disappointed, but they were like, hey, you know what? We want to remix your stuff. I'm fighting for my producer. And meanwhile, my producer is giving away my my beats to other artists that I, I remember. I And I had paid for it. So I paid him. And so he would give my beat to all these other underground artists who were like, I guess, had a little bit more notoriety um, at the time. And so what ended up happening was um, you know, I ended up getting dropped from the label, whatever. And cause they want, because I didn't want to play what they wanted to do. Right. And so they were really like, Hey, you know what, whatever, you know, and 
well, the reason I brought all that story and that long-winded story was because as an artist, which I know you are, and a very talented artist, and an engineer, First of all, you're going to feel things more than other people. Your nose are going to hurt more than if it's, you know, whatever. And and you're going to take it to heart because you're also a pretty genuine person. You're a good person. And I met you personally and you're a genuine person. And in the industry, people are going to take advantage of that. People are going to take advantage of you. They're going to take your skill. They want you to write for everybody. They want you to engineer for everybody. But they either A, don't want to pay you or don't want to give you credit when they're done with you. It's like, hey, this is my song. What you going to do about it? Or wouldn't sign me to the same situation that I just helped put into place. They don't want to do that, right? Because they already have their their money or their game on this non-talented artist that they're above. So little by little, I start recognizing that this goal that I've been chasing after or trying to get to this big thing wasn't real. It's like you're it's like you're chasing after this mountain that is you've been told that once you get there everything is life is going to be great and you keep running and you're running you're doing all the things you're doing talent shows you're you're producing you're doing you're honing your skills meanwhile you know people are getting married having kids and doing all these other great things that you feel like you should be doing and you're not doing it yeah yeah you need to be but now you're like but i love this music thing right you hate that you love this music thing so much Mm. and the sad thing about it is that that's the gift and the curse because what i learned is that the industry wasn't real and everything that i was doing to try to get their attention or get signed was what a label does anyway so all the shooting my own videos and the only difference they just put up the money and say hey here you go and then the reason why you're broke is because it's a loan you don't have that money in your pocket right (laughs) and you got it's the label's money and you're gonna have to pay it back but the percentage that you get to pay it back is long anyway so what i'm telling you is that don't lose sight of your talent and who you are And I told you before, a lot of the people that I saw you kind of dealing with Mm. weren't going to probably respect and appreciate the talent that you bring to the table. And you would just have to accept that. And like I said, I've been in this game for like 25 years. And some of my biggest heroes that, you know, Annie DeFranco, Prince, who are always saying, own your masters, you know, take control of your career. I didn't get it until later. And, you know, what I learned is, is I, it might take a little bit longer, but once I was able to find my voice, make my mistakes, it started, and now with streaming and all the other stuff, it's become easier. Like before you had to go get a distributor, you had to go do all this and, and everything. And I used to do all of that myself. Um, and I, I <laughs> Pillow Jones, be quiet. <laughs> be long with people, know they're long with <laughs> Yeah, I know I'm long with it. Shut up, shoot. Uh, anyways, but I just right wanted now. to give you, I just wanted to give you encouragement to let you know that you're not wrong for how you feel, and I think that um, you're gifted and that you're special, and just be careful. Don't let anybody take that gift away from you, because once it happens, it can change you and change your goals and what you felt you were trying to do. Right? The money's gonna come. The money's gonna come. People are gonna call you. People are going to want to book you. People are going to want to see you and hear you sing, but you just got to stay to the course and just get your money, get your money up front. If, if, if they want something from you, Hey, here's my rates. 
Can you pay a deposit? No? Okay. Need a deposit. Maybe, maybe at a future date we can work. Right now. I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need my, I need my, I got rent. I got bills. Oh you know what gosh, I mean? I, I've dealt with all of that. I've dealt with, I've wrote songs. I've produced people. I've had people, you know, I had a group that was, uh, I had a young kids group that I was producing and managing, well, man, well, producing and writing for. Yeah. And the guy, the manager tried to write me out of the deal. And luckily the radio personality knew me and was like, uh, child, this don't seem right. You need to get up here, you know? So little things like that, you need to just um, be aware of. Um, and especially when you're dealing with what you're dealing with in Atlanta, just get your money. Hey, do you want me to write this song? Here's my rates. Yeah. Here's my points. Here's my ASCAP. Well, I could at Here's least my... be compensated on the front end because who knows the what I'm back end, but at least get compensated on the front end. And make sure you're, are you, I don't know if you're registered with ASCAP or BMI. Yeah. You need to have that. You need to have that on deck. You need, Hey, this is the, this is the split. And if they have any problem with that, I'm sorry, I can't work for you. Yep. And you just have to just take that. There will be. Others. And then, and then move on. There will be. Others. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I told you all of that story because like I said, I wanted to let you know you weren't alone and that, you know, I've been doing it probably longer than a lot of people. And, you know, what I realized is that the whole getting signed thing, even these young kids, they're like, they're learning from the black sheeps and the De Laws who can't get their masters and all that stuff. They're learning all that. They're like, oh, no, no. You know, so just, just do your thing. Like I said, you know, it may not pay right away, but once you get it, you'll be so much happier. So. And in control. And in control. Like I said, lead them. I'm telling you, and I know some of those people too. I know them firsthand. I know how shysty they are. Mm. So, um, you know, like I said, I've had, I've, I've, even with break room stuff, and and Savannah will tell you she when she was signed to um, uh, Island, they dropped her because she didn't want to get on the Lil Kim and Foxy Brown beats. Like she, you know, Mother Superior. If you look up Google Mother Superior and Google, you know, Mother Superior in Atlanta in Miami. She's like Nas, like in Miami, that she was like that chick. And they, and they basically gypped her. They, they took all her money and let her and just said, all right, well, bye. We're dropping you. So, mm. yeah. So that's all I want to say. I know I was long-winded, but I just wanted to let you know to stay encouraged. You have talent. Don't let anybody take that for, 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 uh, for granted believe in yourself and even when you don't believe in yourself believe in yourself yeah. you know what i mean and keep rocking keep writing your stuff be creative be different don't sound like anyone else don't try to be like anyone else don't try to fit into the industry standards if you want to do weird quirky beats do weird quirky beats if you want to sing about eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches sing about eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i can make it sexy talking about eating peanut butter and jelly there you go <laughs> there you go <laughs> But that's all I wanted to tell you. That's all. I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and you don't yeah. mind. This is going to be posted on uh, like my podcast and YouTube. You don't mind, do you? I do not mind. You know, you know, I am your biggest fan. Oh, biggest, biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I'm going to let you do go. I know I didn't put everybody to sleep on your live, but <laughs> but okay. I just wanted to tell you that because uh, I, I wanted you to stay encouraged. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace. peace. Hello. Can you hear me now? 
And there are so many artists who can't even do that little bit that I just did, you know, singing. Just my voice, no auto-tune, live. Y'all hearing it, y'all witnessing it. Uh, the crazy thing that he just said, well, something that um, popped out to me was don't lose sight. And let me tell you why that is so crazy. Because before I moved out here to Atlanta, I gifted myself with a music box that plays the song, When You Wish Upon a Star, the song from Pinocchio that Jiminy Cricket sings. I gifted myself with a music box that plays that song and has, um, what do you call it, inscribed underneath. It says, don't lose sight. And it was supposed to be a reminder to myself of, you know, you have a vision of why you're going to Atlanta, why you want to continue to be an artist and, you know, your reasonings for doing that. So don't lose sight of what you're really here for. So that is the main thing that, well, that's that stuck out to me when he said that. And that's just, God, I guess it's crazy how God works because to hear that phrase again, don't lose sight. And then just the fact that, you know, he came on live to give his time to share that story and to give that encouragement. As many times as I felt self-doubt and as many times as I felt like giving up and felt like you know I wasn't good enough or I didn't belong whatever what have you there have been messengers sent to me in the form of people like child MC in the form of Grady even in the form of the same people who who I now believe were just using me at the time they were giving me inspiration too and just giving me reminders like you know God sees what you're doing. Don't stop. Don't quit. You are great. You are talented. Keep going. So on one end of this roller coaster, you know, you already dropped. We already made it to the top and you dropped. You're making that fall. And it's scary and there's self-doubt and there's pain and there's fear. You're probably crying all the time. It's emotional. But then you get to a point where, oh, this is kind of fun. This is dope. This is nice. That's when people come in with the encouragement and don't stop and you got this and you're talented. So just when you feel like giving up and at least in my, in my experience anyway, there have been so many times where I've just felt like giving up and doing something else and going the traditional route because this is dumb. The industry is not for me. You know, I don't think I can be the kind of person that the industry wants me to be the kind of person the industry is showing me is involved in music. I don't think I can be that or do that or be like those people. So it's nice when God, the universe, whatever you call it, sends people like Child MC to say, hey, God sees you or I see you. You're great. You're amazing. You're talented. Please don't stop. Somebody needs what you have. Somebody needs what you have. The Real Eyes says, so sorry you had to deal with that. Um, I went through that too somewhat. He was talking about when I was saying, um, you know, not getting paid up front for my time when I'm used to being paid up front for my time. And then even though I am owed money, being told that, not directly being told it, but indirectly being told that you'll get paid if you sleep with the boss man or if you don't 
sleep with the boss man and his wife, you're not going to get paid because he's the one that cuts the checks. Or um, the other part of that was, you know, people acting buddy-buddy during the whole creation process. But, and then the work that you made is the reason that it solidified them being signed. And only to have those same people try to cut you out of paying you not trying to pay you, trying to cut you out of percentages on the song, cut you out of ownership and publishing. Um, and then also have their their employer or their label try to finesse you out of paying, giving credit to everybody. So that's what that comment was in regards to. Um, what else, what else, what else? These are Wild Child MC was telling his story. Oh, wait, Pillow Jones says, F mainstream industry people, middle finger to the sky. Independent is bay. And Android issues, I'm not sure. Oh, oh, with the sound, because his sound was going crazy when he first got on. If get to the point was a person. <laughs> I missed all of that. I didn't see any of these comments while, while we were listening to Child MC's story. If long story short was a person, just jokes. It's all love. Oh, side eye face. Pillow Jones says, um, Pillow Jones is going to sleep. Upside down smile emoji. Me, real quick, I gotta crack my neck. Oof, I don't know if y'all heard that or not. <laughs> Pillow says, I wonder if long-winded people realize how long-winded they are. Oh, man. Y'all are cutthroat. Nah, that's pretty nice, actually. Real eye says, he's smart. Pillow Jones, God bless you, brother. Just jokes. Smart and long-winded. Yes, solo well. Uh, the Real Eye says, you are a dope artist, Lex. Thank you very much. Oh, something else that stood out about the conversation, other than the, you know, don't lose sight, was don't try to be or sound like anybody else. I'm going to be real with y'all. Lexi got some ratchet stuff coming because it's kind of hard sitting by and I'm trying to make quality music and I'm seeing all the trash make it to the radio, all right? So Lexi, go make some trash of her own. It's not really trash because it's coming from me. I'm pretty dope. But Lexi is also a rapper now. <laughs> and I got some ratchet stuff on the way. Um, yep, you're hearing it first, all keeps. Some of you may have heard or seen the creation. You may have heard the song already or tuned in during the lives when I was creating the song All Keeps and Motorboat and yes I now have a song called Bad Bitch Lexi has a song called Bad Bitch oh my gosh so you know that I've been exploring my rapper side but I thought that was kind of funny he's like you know don't try to be or sound like anybody else I'm definitely exploring that avenue though especially being in Atlanta it seems like the ratchet music is what is praised out here. So I'm going to give that a try and see what kind of response I get for that music. So, all right. Pillow Jones says, I love that the industry is shifting back to real music, especially for females. That behavior will fizzle out. Damn it. I hope so. Um, and I would have to agree just based on. So during the past six months, you know, I've dealt with a lot of bullshit and it's honestly on a minor scale compared to the things that I would probably be going through if you know I were on a higher level or if I were more widely recognized by a greater audience it's honestly quite minuscule compared to oh I don't even like doing that because my nail is gone 
it's honestly quite minuscule compared to the level that it could be if I were more widely recognized at this point in time. Um, but, you know, it, it just made me realize a lot and it made me ask questions that I honestly had not considered before getting into a quote unquote major situation. So, gosh, why is my nose so itchy? So sorry, excuse me. So I am thankful through all the self-doubt and all the bullshit and the games and just never feeling like I could trust anybody because I'm constantly being told by everybody, don't trust anybody. And then finding out that the people who told you you can't trust nobody, those were the people especially that you could not trust. Um, even if they were keeping it real by saying don't trust nobody and you couldn't trust them, it's just, it's just heartbreaking. But all of that to say, even though I went through all those negative emotions, I did meet dope people and I got to work with dope people. And I will say from firsthand exclusive experience, I got to record some dope music that is real music, that is real R&B. I got to write on songs that are real songs that have substance, are talking about real things. Or even if they're not talking about necessarily anything of substance, these songs are recapturing the feeling in music that I miss feeling from the 90s and early 2000s. So I'm very excited. I, I agree, Pillow, a long-winded way of saying I agree that the industry is shifting back to real music and the general public is finally getting fed up with the bullshit and finally getting over the mumble rap and finally looking for some substance. So, I mean... <sighs> And just with Pleasure P alone, because I got to work with him personally and Elijah Connor, they're bringing back R&B for men. Like, you heard it from me. I'm excited. Pleasure P, of course, is bringing that pretty Ricky style, that sexiness. He always been about that. Mm. Mm. But, uh, and Elijah Connor just puts me in my feelings, y'all. I can't. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I'm sorry, kitty cat. I didn't mean to wake you up. But yeah. Oh, you said thought behavior not that behavior thought behavior will fizzle out that is another pressure of doing all of this stuff um so you know i mentioned earlier that sometimes i think i'm stupid because i'm not utilizing my beauty i'm not utilizing you know, my looks and my body to get where I want to go because I want to make it off of merit. I want to make it off of talent. So it's very discouraging when I, I, you know, I've been excluded from situations because I decided to either not fuck with somebody or to stop fucking with somebody on that sexual level. And because of that, you know, that person started talking smack about me. He was talking smack to me about everybody else. And then... <laughs> it turned around on me having smack talked about me and now you know it, it just takes that one little bit of doubt that one seed to be planted in people's minds and suddenly even if the people in question do not even like the person who's who is the messenger even if they don't like the person who is doing the talking there's that seed of doubt has still been planted and unfortunately when you plant 
when you have negative exposure from certain people and if a seed of doubt is planted in the wrong mind it excludes you from a lot of opportunities unfortunately and i think i have experienced that as well now i'm not necessarily upset about it because i didn't like being around those people anyway the energy i had when i was around them was just i was in an environment where i was constantly harsh on myself constantly doubting myself and constantly doubting my abilities and my talents and constantly asking myself what's wrong with me that i don't have these things that this person has it was miserable okay of course i had happy moments but it was miserable for the for the terrible times that i remember miserable surrounded by people i don't know i surrounded by people i didn't know people who didn't care about me people who were only using me for what i could do people who recognized that i was really good at what i did and they took advantage of it and like you don't even know where i'm going to be years from now you might need me that's why i try so hard not to be an asshole that's why i try hard to be genuine and be good to people and just treat people well because at any moment we could all switch roles at any moment the tables could turn you don't know who's going to become what in your life so to purposely try to finesse or get over on people and you don't know how you're going to need them in the future that don't sit right with me and that's what i experienced like a lot of finesse and a lot of just bad behavior and bad treatment and they really believe that they're getting over on people that's and it and on the outside looking in it looks like they're winning because they are on the higher level and like child mc said you know it appears that being on this level is so cool and it looks like it's so glamorous and comes with so many things but you really don't know what people had to go through to get where they are you don't know if a girl is fucking her way to the top you don't know what kind of acts people are having to do behind the scenes to be promised this stardom to be given all of this money to be made famous it's it's just a lot it's a lot okay that's a lot all of that to say yes that behavior will also fizzle out i am also long-winded but i hope that y'all grab the nuggets that i drop in my long-windedness <laughs> uh so let me get back to these comments pillow jones says Paperwork is key. Paperwork is key. And he's got, oh, I'm so sorry, kitty cat. And he's got the emoji that's like the say a lot of for the people in the back. He got that emoji right there. And yes, when I tell you that, you know, I went to school and I learned how to conduct music business a certain way. And then to get into a quote unquote, let me hide my thumb because it's so ugly. To get into a quote unquote major situation and we're not handling business in the way that I'm accustomed to. Me as an engineer, I'm not getting paid at the end of my session, but I'm still giving them the music that we just worked on for the session. As an engineer, that's the only collateral I have. At the at the worst in the worst case scenario, we both just wasted our time. But if I don't get paid, I can at least hold on to the music and I wasted my time recording you, you wasted your time because you don't get a copy of your song at the end of the session. But I was not getting paid and was sending these people the songs, keeping keeping the songs stored in a safe place, 
you know, giving them advice about how they can make sure to hold on to their stuff. Because, like I said, these people, like I said in part one, I've spent a couple of decades developing myself and investing in myself to know to do certain things. Only to be placed in a quote-unquote major situation where people do not know as much as me. (laughs) And it just, I'm going to just leave it at that. But it's just like, because I have done certain things to invest in myself, I do certain things and I know certain tricks and just, anyway, I was accustomed to getting paid up front as an engineer. I'm accustomed to whether you are going to use the production or not, you pay the producer up front a producer fee. You pay a songwriter up front a songwriter fee. And hopefully back end comes in. Really, that fee is like a little buffer in case nothing happens with the song. At least I got a little bit of money right now. But there's still the, uh, you know, the chance that this will make millions. And I'm going to have a percentage of something that's going to make me a lot of money. But that upfront fee, I was taught that that's how business is handled. So to walk into a major situation and they don't handle business like that, that honestly should have been a red flag for me to know that I'm not dealing with professionals and I'm dealing with people who are probably going to try to finesse me out of my time without paying me and finesse me out of my talents without paying me and then without giving me credit for the things that helped get them where they are not to sound bitter but whatever all right moving on to the rest of these comments i'm trying to decide how long do i want to go because if i take 30 off here let's just let's keep going all right so pillow jones says leave the ratchet to the ratchets this is when i was making my comments about you know i'm about to start making ratchet music like these atlanta artists do and see what that do for lexi but Pillow Jones says, leave the ratchet to the ratchets. You give me her classy vibes and F radio. People are on their phones and devices getting their music nowadays. Reach your fans there being your authentic self. <sighs> that is sound advice. That is sound advice. Um, Really good advice because, again, to relate this back to Child's uh, story, well, the thing that stuck out to me when he said, don't lose sight. And then I told y'all about how I gifted myself a music box before I moved to Atlanta that had the song, that played the song, When You Wish Upon a Star and engraved, engraved, not inscribed, but I guess it means the same thing. Engraved on the back, it said, don't lose sight. And my goal, one of my goals as an artist is to make great, meaningful music that will help to shape and change the minds of people from a culture that is constantly encouraging self-destruction that's one of my goals that's a that's a secret that i'm letting y'all in on right um and the fact that i am going to this wretched music in pursuit of trying to you know what i think is the goal of being major having major influence uh being mainstream being on a label seeking that attention and in seeking that attention making these rap songs that I have recently made that are far from what people would expect from Lexi, honestly. 
you know, Pillow Jones said himself, I give her classy vibes. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a ratchet side to Lexi. Y'all don't know about. Y'all gonna find out, though. I'm gonna give you all sides of myself. Um, because even in my ratchet, except for this latest one, this latest one called Bad Bitch, I have no explanation for that. That's just purely, let me see if I can do what these other people do on the radio. <laughs> That's purely what it is. Um, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I want to stay true to myself, but at the same time, well, that's all it is, actually. I want to stay true to myself. And the reality of Lexi, the artist, is I am classy, but I'm also ratchet. It's a time and a place, you know? So I'm excited to share my ratchet music with y'all. I'm excited to share Lexi, the rapper, with y'all. Um, and of course, I still have the classic R&B vibes. And I would like to shout out Maurice Beats because his production has really inspired me to get back into writing. After having dealt with that whole situation for, you know, however long I had dealt with it for, I was in a position to where, speaking of, because someone mentioned it in part one, they will use you for what you have. Speaking of being used, right? So now in this situation, I'm a songwriter. Everything that I write is expected to be handed over to this artist who I don't think is as great as me. And there's no use in me holding back, right? But everything that I write now is supposed to become possible pickings for this artist when I myself am an artist. So I had to forget about myself, essentially. Not that I was forgetting about myself, but unfortunately, that's just what happened. I would spend all of the daytime with this one artist. And then while I was exploring other opportunities of working with people like Pleasure P, um, I would go in and spend all night into the early morning with him. Where does that leave time for Lexi to record? I haven't even slept or eaten. Nah, Pleasure P fed us. That man, he took care, he take care of his people. He fed us and they did. They, they, they also bought food and stuff and took care of us in the other sessions as well. But just like in between that time, where do I have time to take care of Lexi? Where does Lexi have time to sleep, to take a shower, to brush my teeth, to go to the studio, to record podcasts, to record tutorials on YouTube. So creatively, I took a huge hit during that time. Creatively, Lexi took a hit. And anything associated with Lexi, like, I don't know if anybody noticed, YouTube videos stopped. I was not posting consistently on social media the way I had, you know, previously set up a pattern of, of being consistent. And um, I wasn't, I was writing, but my writing wasn't even the same because I'm also thrown into a situation where I'm told that, you know, you're here, even though I was brought on as a songwriter, right? they found out I could engineer better than the guy, than the person that they had. And suddenly, uh, no wait, they brought me on to write, but they realized that I could engineer better than the person that they had. So then I come on as an engineer and a songwriter. Another red flag, trying to deduct hours from my engineering rate because we're sitting here writing the song for hours. We're not actually engineering. You do realize when you go to a studio, whether you're recording or not, you're paying based off the time you booked. 
not based off of the actual recording time, unless the engineer just fucks with you like that. I'm not one of them engineers. If you came in at a certain time or we booked a certain time, we started at that time and that's the time that I'm billing you from. But that's a whole nother conversation. Um, yeah, so during that time, going back to what I, my original point, Lexi creatively took a huge hit during that time. And uh, I never again wish to go back to that. So th there's also the emotion because we are talking about emotional roller coaster of being an artist. There's also the emotion of, I want to be included in these major situations. How ironic that I, um, when you become major, you no longer write for yourself, people write for you. But me as an artist on the come up, I have to write for someone else to prove that I'll be a good artist. And then when I get on, I'm, I'm expected to accept writing from other people. It's very strange when you start learning about certain trends in the industry, very strange. All of the things that got you to the point where you were getting noticed suddenly don't become important anymore, it seems like. But um, yeah, imagine that I want to share what I'm writing with people, but the people that I share it with, they will turn around and give it to the person who is in the more major situation, right? Even if they say, oh, this production will be for you if you want it. No, everything is up for grabs and nothing is guaranteed to Lexi in this, in this situation. So imagine how that feels. Now I'm in a position where I don't have time for myself. The little time that I do find for myself, it's given to this other artist who I don't think is as good as me. And God, it's just so much, man. So now it's like, what does that do to me? I don't feel like writing anything because anything that I write, it's not coming for Lexi. So why do I want to write? I'm just going to sit back and be an engineer. This ain't really my environment, you know. They don't appreciate my writing. All right, I'm going to just sit back and be an engineer type shit. Like that's the kind of things that were happening. You know what I'm saying? That's the kind of things that were going through my mind. That's the kind of mental gymnastics that happens being an artist. Well, let's get back into these comments. Pillow Jones says, I think people see through that though. As an artist, if you're not doing the music that's truly in your heart, it will come off as disingenuous. Consumers will always feel the real. Think that is becoming true as well to uh, piggyback that off of what you said earlier as far as real music coming back and thought behavior is finally being put to rest um yeah people are tired of the cap it's a whole lot of cap going on and I wonder you know it would probably be the same wherever I go it doesn't matter if I was in Atlanta uh, someone said, uh, Real Eyes said earlier, maybe consider going to Nashville or LA next. I think it'll be the same. Hmm. Actually, I don't know. It's a lot of cap in Atlanta. It's a lot of cap in Atlanta. A lot of cap. Ooh, Quinn. Yes, we do need to get together. Like, I haven't even been back to Jazzy. But me and Quinn, we got that bot, bro. I was tuning into the live until he cut it off. I was tuning into his live and he was producing. He was literally on fire. I mean, he was literally on fire producing. But anyway, um, if you're not doing the music that's truly in your heart, it will come off as disingenuous. Yes. And that is the other kicker. 
people will be able to feel when it's not real. It's just not going to be believable. It's kind of like, you know, this trend where artists who are not black are singing black music and it looks ridiculous. Artists who are not black are doing things to appear more black to get the black audience because, you know, black people, we stamp who's cool, what's cool, what's not. It's that's a whole nother conversation. We're not going to get into that. But anyway, uh, Pillow Jones said, I don't mind you being long winded. It's your podcast. True. Uh, he also said, you could always sell those songs to the ratchet artists. You don't want me to have my ratchet moment pillow, do you? You don't want me to have my ratchet moment, do you? Um, let me have this ratchet moment. We're going to see how it goes, you know, because my ratchet is still very much story based. It's still very much inspired by true events, whether my own personal experiences or those that I have observed or have imagined. Let me have this ratchet time. I'm excited. And I'm going to bring, you know, and you know what else? Because I mentioned in part one, and it was also said in part one, you got to be some kind of delusional to, to really go after this music stuff. And yes, we do. But I also mentioned in part one that I aspire to have the delusion of rappers who come into the studio who have only been rapping for three months and they don't think they have to write and they come in and freestyle and you can't tell them that anything they say in is trash. Everything they say is fire. And everything, every song they come up with is a hit. That's the kind of delusion I'm, I'm, I want to have. <laughs> I'm adopting some of that mindset. I'm adopting some of that mindset. So let me have my little wretched moment for now. Don't worry, because I'm going to balance it out with the R&B. But let me have my ratchet as well. Because I want to show, y'all mind how vulgar I get? I want to show these ratchet bitches. Lexi can do it all. And that's why maybe you don't want me signed to the same label because I will outshine all of you. But anyway, let's stay humble, Lexi. Pillow, you can always sell those songs to ratchet artists. Uh, I am Shady Grady has given me some hand claps for some things I was saying. Oh, let me stop clapping. I don't want to wake the kitty cat. Universe Music says Pillow makes a good point. He makes very good points. I am Shady Grady says time to do you 100. And that's all, period. Universe Music says, I've learned in my pursuit that going major is overrated. Unless I just want fame. Yeah, and you know, my personality does not really align with fame. <laughs> like, oh, excuse me. I'm such an introverted person and I like being at home. I like being on my couch and playing with my cat. It used to be when Taz was here, my puppy. I used to play with him. I feel bad for leaving home, but I struggle with having to be in people's faces 24-7, like constantly having to try to prove who I am or prove that I'm good. Why can't I just be good? And either you see it or you don't. But that's also the emotional roller coaster of being an artist. I am actually an introverted person and it may not seem like it through this podcast and being very animated, but I feel comfortable in my home and I'm alone talking to people through a screen. It's quite different from having the same personality in front of people like on stage or just physically in person. Um, for me, there is that battle of, I am actually a very shy person, but when I get on stage, I have to flip a switch and become the Sasha Fierce to Beyonce, you know? 
I have to become the, that equivalent for Lexi. Even though I would like to tell myself that Lexi is the same off stage as she is on stage, all of that is still me. It's just different parts of myself. Uh, but that's another thing that I battle with, and that's another part of the emotional roller coaster. Knowing that I have to, I have to portray certain things because it's expected of me as an artist, but also knowing that it directly contradicts with how I am. It directly contradicts with my nature and my personality. That's something I am constantly, constantly worried about. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see. Hey, Quinn with the key says, I'll produce Lexi. Now, you did the, uh, the little smug face or the satisfied face. It's like a the satisfied face with a money bag. Does that mean we gonna make money together or that mean you charging me for production? I do have to ask these questions. Now, I don't mind paying. Just know that Lexi might move a little bit slower. I don't have that major budget just yet, okay? But we could do trades, you know what I'm saying? Write a song for you to place, get a song for Lexi. Although I tried that. How good are you with keeping your word? That's the real question. But anyway, he says, Quinn with the key says, let's go platinum, Lex. I'm with it. I am with it. Bruno. A non, I mean, he's black and Puerto Rican, right? I believe you were commenting when I said, you know, these non-black artists are doing black music and getting praise for it. Now, I actually like Bruno Mars. To me, him and Anderson Pac, they actually do capture a feeling in music that I miss. So, but yeah, he, isn't he black and Puerto Rican or is he like Puerto Rican and Hawaiian or something? I forget what the mix up is with him, but I actually do like the way um, Bruno Mars's music feels. Unf I, I wish it was coming from a black artist, but at this point, I'm glad that quality music is making a comeback. So I'm gonna be a little a little bit lax on that. Uh, that's another conversation for another day. The fact that you know mainstream wants black attributes without the black people. It's another conversation for another day. Quinn with the key says, "I have that delusion. Me too. We're all crazy." Uh, Pillow Jones says white people are singing R&B because black people always create something and then abandon it. Jazz, rock, and now R&B. It's sad. So what you're saying, Pillow, is as soon as black people give up this mumble rap and this trap rap, which is the new pop right now, we're going to see a lot more white rappers stepping into that role. Mm, I, oof, I'm over it. I don't want to see that. All right, Quinn with the key says, don't stay humble, Lex. We from Texas. How you know I'm from Texas, big? Oh, my God, yes. How you know I'm from Texas, big Lex from Texas? I, well, I do talk about it all the time. I like how you included that um, that flag. My name is Big Lex from Texas. Sexy Lexi from Texas, and I ride in the Lexus. Those are all facts. Um, Quinn with the key says, don't stay humble, Lex. We from Texas. Lexi, Lex from Texas. That's what I tell people too. My name is Alexis. I'm from Texas and I drive Alexis. Quinn with the key says, you're introverted with a big personality. 
thank you. And this feels, even though it has the potential to reach more people, talking to y'all like this feels intimate. And as an introvert, I have a big personality, but I only show that personality more likely to show that personality when I am in intimate settings like small gatherings or when I am around people who I feel I will have a better connection with because there's not so much pressure to kind of, you know, have to stand out from the room. It's just people having a conversation and being respectful of one another's thoughts and ideas. Pillow Jones says, we should work team introvert, LOL. <laughs> we supposed to have been worked a long time ago. And that's partially my fault. Sometimes I let my introverted nature get in the way of uh, collaborating, but no more, I say. Um, and I'm going to close this part two episode of Emotional Roller Coaster of Being an Artist with that thought. There are a lot of things during this journey that you will begin to realize. If I want to be one way, I have to break certain habits. I have to create new habits. And something that I have been actively working on, like I spoke about in part one, as far as like developing myself and investing in things to become a certain way, to become what I think I need to become to be what I say I want to be. Um, a very harsh reality that you will face on this journey is having to recognize traits about yourself that are hindering your progress having to recognize toxic behaviors within yourself that is holding you back and being the biggest. A lot of times we are our biggest haters. We're our own biggest critics. We are our own biggest haters. And something that's going to be very painful, but that is very necessary is the constant self-reflection, self-analysis, self-picking that we do as people who generally feel on a deeper level than the general population of the world, realizing that certain things we do, as I said, certain things we do are holding us back. That's a very hard thing to come to grips with, but it takes a lot of strength and a lot of power to be able to criticize self and say, damn Lex, you want people to support you, but you not showing support to other people. How does that work? Or damn Lex, you want people to come to your shows, but you let your social anxiety, not even social anxiety, like damn Lex, you want people to come to your shows, but you let the fear of people not wanting to support you keep you from telling people about your shows. And so it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that no one's gonna show up to your show because you haven't given people ample forewarning. I'm performing on this day at this time, uh, or I need to sell this many tickets. Can you buy these tickets to support me and then come out to watch me perform? Or damn Lex, you're so shy about people you know, seeing you perform on stage and how that might change how they view you, that you're not inviting people to come see you at your shows but you want to be an artist. How do you expect people to come support you and you're not telling people 
about your shows you're not telling people the good news that you got invited to perform in certain places or um a big another one because i'm always doing work i'm always doing self-work i'm always thinking about how i can be better right and i watch a, and i watch and listen to a lot of podcasts that um talk about you know certain things that we've gone through in childhood that affect us as adults and i have come to the realization and this was a hard truth that i had to come to about myself one of the reasons why i don't invite people to come see me perform is because something as small as when i was a kid like i did not i did not grow up the richest i had a great childhood but i did not grow up the richest and there was a point where i was living with a single mother and she was always working and my parents were military they were always working so when you're a single parent especially you get off of work you're tired or you've been working until five or six at night. You're, when you get off, you're tired. You just don't want to do certain things. Or um, the fact that because my parents were always working, I had to be independent. But this is something I'm just now realizing. I had to be very independent from a very young age. Oh my God, I don't want to get, I do not want to get emotional on here, but shit, if it comes, it comes. This is part of doing a podcast, I guess. We reveal things. This is something I'm just realizing, but I had to be independent from a very young age. Um, you know, parents working, I have to learn how to come home, let myself in, feed myself, get a snack, um, you know, make sure that I'm sometimes waking myself up to go to school on time because my parents got to be to work at five in the morning, six in the morning for PT. My bus doesn't come till seven, seven thirty. but they're also not getting off until later. So I'm coming home alone and, you know, having to do so many things on my own. So here's where the realization comes in. Maybe you are not inviting people to your shows and you're not allowing people to get too close you know, allowing people to support you because you still believe that you are a little girl who does not have that support. You still believe that you are a little Miss Independent. No one is coming to your games. No one is coming to your shows. And so that's why it's so hard for me to invite people to come out to see me in shows. Or it's hard for me to ask people to buy my music it's hard for me to ask people to please go watch this video. It feels awkward sending out mass messages. You know, just release a new single. Please show support, like, share, subscribe. That's why it feels so hard. Because as a kid, I had to learn very early to do everything alone in the event that I don't have. This got really real just now. This just got really real. I've had to do a lot of things alone. Just from my upbringing. No fault to my parents whatsoever. 
It's just how it was. Okay. That's just how it was. They worked to take care of me. Those were the, the requirements of their job. They just couldn't be there for certain things. And then I kind of grew up as an only child too. Because my, um, my siblings, we didn't all live together. And then my brother getting into trouble, he got sent away. So I kind of, I partially grew up as an only child as well. But uh, yeah, that's something with that I struggle with all the time. And that's a big reality for me. I've been so used to doing so many things by myself for such a long time that it's hard for me to believe that anybody will come show up for me. So that's something I'm actively working on. And I guess if I were to cry in any episode, emotional roller coaster of being an artist would be the most appropriate episode to be crying on. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. This is only the third episode of you know me deciding to do longer podcasts. <sighs> but anyway, I hope... I'm going to get into these last few comments and then we're going to wrap because this is a long part two now. Excuse me. All right. So Quinn with the keys says you have to recognize your reality to change it. That's right. Uh, You got to keep doing the self work no matter how much it hurts to realize what are the things that are holding you back? What are the things that you're good at? But you know keep capitalizing on the things that you are good at keep working and developing the things that you're good at but be okay and comfortable with picking out the things that you are the areas that you're weak in i'm even like wiping my face like this don't even look right look at this oh i'm so mad this nail broke it just looks so bare compared to the rest i don't even want to wipe my eye with that oh let me use my other hand because this hand is pretty (laughs) but uh yeah you really hone in and develop and strengthen where you know you're good at but be really good at identifying what you're not so good at and then work on bringing those things up to par up to level um pillow jones said we should team up as songwriters and kill the industry dope lyrics melodies and arrangements plus dope engineering we'll get to that bag lol the anxiety will subside for both of us i also that's another thing um since I have to, since I've been so used to doing everything alone, it's really hard for me to let people into my world, like physically. Um, really quickly, Chuck and Michael, Universe Music and Chuck B underscore something something, they helped me write the the latest Ratchet song called Bad Bitch, and it was so much fun. But it was through Instagram that they were helping me write. I and I wonder how it would be if we were in person, if it would get the same effect for me. I don't know. It's something I definitely have to work on. Pillow Jones says teamwork makes a dream work. Strong arm emoji and musical emoji. And then while I was explaining my little story, Pillow Jones said hashtag big hugs of the heart. Um, and Pillow Jones also says as a fellow introvert, I know the feeling. I grew up the same. I got used to and got comfortable with being alone. And then Quinn with the key says, oh, Lexi, it's okay. I'm exactly the same way. I'm getting past it. Oh, y'all are so dope. This is a really, oh, I'm glad I started doing this. 
Quinn with the key says, you're a boss chick. Thank you. And then Pillow Jones says, same here. Co-writing is very difficult, but I know that even bigger success comes from collaborating. And truly, we cannot do it alone. So, oh, excuse me. That was not lady like I'm snorting and sniffing and all kinds of things on this audio right now. But I'm going to cut off uh, comment reading right okay one more quit with the key said it's okay to have expectations and also cover yourself because if you want it done you ultimately do it yourself yes so i'm gonna cut off reading comments right there um and we're gonna end it on this this is the end of part two of emotional roller coaster of being an artist um that little that last piece we were talking about the biggest the biggest irritation for lack of a better word the biggest irritation the biggest obstacle the biggest challenge that you will have for yourself as an artist is having to constantly critique yourself knowing what your strengths are and developing those making them stronger but getting good at recognizing what your weaknesses are and recognizing where you're not so good recognizing things that are holding you back. And that is the baseline for this emotional roller coaster of being an artist is knowing that you're great at certain things, knowing that you're not so great at other things and still having to despite all of the emotional changes, still having to move forward, still having to progress and still having to get better and better and what have you, all of that good stuff. So, let's leave it on that. Um, long story short, <laughs> uh, inside joke for anyone who's uh, been part of part one and part two, but long story short, it is a consistent roller coaster, twists and turns. Some parts are fun, you know. The climb is anxious, the fall is scary, and then eventually it becomes a thrill, but it this man being an artist is uh, definitely an emotional roller coaster um but i hope that by listening to this conversation part 1 and part 2 of emotional roller coaster of being an artist i hope that you know if you're an artist as well or a music creator or just someone who's involved in entertainment or whatever industry you're involved in i hope you don't feel so alone in some of the experiences that were shared um in this chat parts 1 parts 1 and 2 and i hope that it helps um if you liked it if you loved it whether you're listening on spotify whether you're watching on youtube um please make sure you like comment share subscribe if you're on youtube turn on the notification bell so you'll be notified each and every time i drop new pieces of content this is a new era and content for Lexi. I got an iPhone. I don't know how to act. It's about to be hella content. But anyway, um and, you know, if you enjoy these chats, eventually I will be moving these to being exclusively live for patrons only. So, jump on the bandwagon, jump on the train now. www.patreon.com/lexiatl for $5 a month. You will have exclusive access to things like the live songwriting sessions like behind the scenes um you'll be hearing music in the recording stages 
months before it's ever going to be released to the general public. And as far as um, all the content with the podcasts and the videos, you'll see all that stuff weeks and months before the general public as well. And you'll probably see things that the general public will not get to see because I'm not going to make everything public for the general public. Some of these things are going to be our little secret. It's going to be our inside jokes that you had to have been there live to really understand. So if that sounds like something that's interesting to you, um, please go to patreon.com slash LexiATL and become a patron of mine for $5 a month. Eventually, I will be doing like consultations and um, like, you know, live teachings and tutorials with patrons, uh, but that's going to be down the line. But again, if you enjoyed this conversation, please, please, please like, share, comment, subscribe. And thank you all so much for tuning into this conversation, parts one and two for Emotional roller coaster of Being an Artist. My name is Lexi. Until next time, peace. <laughs>